welcome back to Noise Avocation Podcast. I'm Ryan here with Jeremy. How's everybody doing today? I don't have anything uh, in particular special or anything like that to get out for you. Yeah, I got nothing. (laughs) So we've been trying to make this interview happen for a while, and, uh, you know, we finally got our schedules to link up. But today we have Brendan from Over and Out Recordings with us, and if you're unfamiliar... Uh, You can find the link to his page in our episode description. Uh, He releases records, CDs. I think he's done a couple tapes that I've seen on there. Wasn't there a spring break tape? And um, yeah, he he does a lot of like Detroit hardcore stuff, but there's been a few other things on there, but all really fucking awesome releases. Um, Most recently, you've probably seen the Never Ending Game release that he put out. He did Remembering Never a while back, Tyrant, uh, some Hellmouth demos, you know, all sorts of... Everything that's on there is fucking awesome. Enemy of God. Definitely go check out his page, support him, follow him on Instagram, follow us on Instagram, if for whatever reason you're not yet. You should be already. Uh, We do have TikTok as well. I'm not quite as active on it, but I'm trying to be. I just really don't like it. (laughs) if i'm being honest i mean mean, but it is what it is like we do it does seem to get a lot of exposure so we'll keep working on that we're gonna be doing some more stuff with our youtube soon too i've been staying more active posting all the episodes on youtube so follow us on youtube um even though we're not visual at this time like if you use that to listen to your podcast we are on there too subscribe to us share the stuff everything helps out but uh, unless you have anything, Jeremy, we'll jump into the interview with Brendan. Oh, let's get into it. All right, so Brendan I'm, from Over yeah. and Out Recordings, thanks for jumping on the show, man. We appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, appreciate you having me. It's been a while. Like We've been back and forth scheduling. Like We finally found a day that actually worked out for all of us. Oh, yeah, less chaotic. I mean, uh, I have kids. Uh, do both of you have kids or just one of you? We both, both of do. Okay, so you understand the life, you know, yeah. <laughs> chaos. Oh, yeah, I get it. 100%. <laughs> it's like it's fucking All Out War soundtrack every day. <laughs> oh, well, it's funny you mentioned All Out War. I uh, was um, going through, you know, like the Facebook timeline things. Yeah. I came across a picture of my youngest daughter holding up an All Out War record from a few years ago. She was listening to some All Out War with me. That's so. awesome. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, we interviewed Mike a while back. He was a... Uh... It was a lot of fun to talk to that guy. He was really cool. Yeah, yeah no, Mike's a cool guy. Yeah, I met, only met him a few times, but always always nice conversations. Yeah, he was really, like, fuck cool, down-to-earth, nice. Like, to me, uh, I don't know. I've listened to All Out War since, like, junior high, so never did I really think I'd be sitting there talking to Mike Score. Well, I think that's something that's cool about hardcore is, like, you know, you got your rock stars in the scene, but at the end of the day, we're all just, you know, people. None of us are, you know, you know, above anyone else. And it's uh, like when I first started this label, um, I started as like an outlet for uh, my own bands at the time. Mm-hmm. But then I, uh, I hit up Dwid and I was like, oh, let's do some integrity T-shirts. You know, we we're kind of acquaintances through some other outlets and, uh, you know, talking to Dwid and just like becoming friends with him. And, you know, we talk every so often just, you know, nonchalantly about our families and stuff. And like, that was a dude I idolized. And now we're, you know, we were business partners and now we're friends and like some person I thought was larger than life. That'd be totally out of my reach. And 
look where we're at now. And that's like the story for so many people within the hardcore scene. Like nothing's out of reach. You know, there's you got like I said, you got some of your rock stars in the scene, but they're very few and far between. Yeah. And they don't have that whole like Tommy Lee ego. And if they do, they get yeah. their fucking asses kicked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes for sure, yeah. Or any way they used to. I guess we'll jump into like how did you put this whole label together? Like what made you want to start your own label? I know your Instagram says it's pretty straightforward. Like it's putting out records that I love. You wanted to put out your own yeah. music, you said? Yeah, for sure. So um, it kind of started, I think, 2013, 2014. I started to kind of bounce around the idea. Um, so I was in this band called Not Okay years ago. We, um, we were around, we started in like 2009-ish, put out a EP in 2012. And then we did like a CD and... Um, me and my buddy James that was uh played guitar in that band you know we were just kind of like doing some other music and stuff and we're like having a hard time really getting someone to care about it to be honest uh so we're like well let's just do it ourselves so um it's kind of started off as like him and I partnering together and then you know he kind of fizzled out and did his own thing but uh so you know put out the not okay EP on cassette uh I did some other thing I did uh this band rest and shit I was in did a cassette for that um and then the first actual yeah yeah the first actual release that i did that was vinyl was uh and hellfather with domain which was nick holland who was in rest and shit with me his deathcore band for the 2000s but the whole idea of really like also starting a label i was inspired by people around me um my friend eric scoby who runs dropping bombs with great reversals pillar of light uh, I had some other people that, you know, that I really look up to. I'm like, yeah, I could do this too. And um, so it started off as, you know, selfish reasons, put my own things out. But then when I kind of, it was kind of around the time that uh, I'm a big nostalgia freak. I, you know, I live on nostalgia. So a lot of labels were, you know, oh, kind of putting out things from the past. I'm like, well, there's so much stuff from the early 2000s that has not been put out. So I shot my shot with a lot of people. I got a lot of no's and then, you know, I struck some pretty good deals. Um, but at, I guess I should go back a little bit. Uh, so between and how follow with and some of my, I guess, reissue releases, I did an integrity release. So we did some t-shirts like the uh, smash racism ones and stuff like that. It was, uh, if you don't know, kind of like before integrity started before they had any music, they had like stickers and shirts and they were, it said the candy bar logo had the bats and it said smash racism. They would just fucking smack them everywhere. And they were almost like a brand before they're even a band. Right. So yeah, we did shirts of that, you know, it was pretty cool. And then um, if you're familiar with their discography, so around the Integrity 2000 days, they came out with a CD called Integ 2000 Project with Genesis. So we did a seven inch, which is two re-recorded songs from that record. It's one original and one Donna Summer cover. So that was something we did and that kind of, you know, started it off or I guess the, just from there, just kept hitting bands up. You know, I was like, Oh, well, I got something with integrity. Who's that next? summer so, cover you know, is fucking hilarious. Dude, I have a copy of it. It's hilarious. Dude. What song was yeah, it? it? What's up? What song uh, was it? Um, I'm bad a, girls. Bad girl. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So there's gotta, some other, I, go I like, can listen. I don't know if I've heard it or not. I yeah, know it's the cool. There's a like, song. And then the other know. song is, um, beneath the flesh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Um, so that one was cool too. We did, uh, you know, a few different colors. Um, and then we did like a pink uh, fold around cover and stuff, the alternate cover. But 
that was cool to do. Originally, the idea was to do the full record, but we ended up just doing the two songs we recorded. Okay, but that was I cool. A, I have a uh, variant question. Um, yeah, the copy I have came with it's like a blue and a pink. Blue cover. and a, okay, yeah. So I had extra pink ones, so I started throwing oh, some pink ones in there. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I was just yeah, wondering. Since you, I have you, you here, got the double. You got the double cover. Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, there's there's probably only. I don't know, six or seven people that have both covers together. So I'll Look remember that in uh, 30, 40 years. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, and they started hitting, you know, people up. I mean, I've been in the scene for, you know, 15 plus years and I've made friendships here and there. Um, you know, like the Remember Never record, like I grew up on Remember Never, one of my favorite bands of all time. Uh, but yeah. I met, I met Pete because I was playing, I was in a noise project. And I was playing with his band Ether and later Ether Coven. And they stayed at my house and, you know, I made good, good friendships with them. And, you know, we were tossing around the idea uh, about doing, you know, some vinyl. And I was like, listen, I'll do the whole discography. Like I, I want to do that. And uh, not really like pushed aside. Like, oh yeah. You know, we'll talk about it, whatever. And then when he got diagnosed with cancer, I was like, listen, like let's put out women and children and let, you know, let's try and yeah raise some money, raise some money for your medical funds and stuff. And it did really well. And that was, uh, it was really awesome to be a part of that. That is and how then, I heard about over and out records originally. Was that really? Yeah. I, I, that was definitely a gateway for, uh, know my name a little more, which, uh, was, was not what it was about, you know, it was about helping my friend. Um, but it was, it was cool to get that out there. And it's, it was crazy about that too. To this day though, I had people hit me up and they're like, I didn't even know that record was on vinyl. I'm like, yo, we pressed over 900 of those fucking records between three presses. If you didn't know about it by now, fuck off. I don't have any. Right, right. <laughs> okay, that leads me to my next question, which uh, um, you've probably been asked 100 million times. Are you going to do She Looks Good in Red? No, um, that's something that Pete was very against. Yeah, uh, dude, I, I knew about that, him being like, uh, being against it from like way, way back in the day. Like when I saw him, on remembering never, or when I saw them on the She Looks Good in Red tour, and then on the Women and Children Die first, it was like totally different, and he wouldn't play any songs from the previous album. Yeah, you know, I would bug him about it every week, and uh, he knew I would do it in a heartbeat. But you know, at this point, even if the rest of the members at the time were cool about it, I just respect his wishes. No, I, yeah, I would I have wouldn't a part do of it. it. Yeah, rest in peace, yeah. Dean Pete, man. Absolutely. Yeah, you know. Uh, it, it, it's a it's a weird thing it's weird you know it's like you know that guy is uh big in the scene but to see like the impact of like how many people are affected by it um now like i get so many records in the mail and it's like it says rest in peace mean pete of like all over the world the people and like it's wild man he was, he was a great guy and uh it, it sucks you know what went down but it is what it is that's life yeah yeah it was actually so, when he passed i was surprised to see some of the like labels and magazines yeah. and stuff that were posting him because I mean, he's rightfully so, but at the same time, like, I didn't think he was as well known as he was for sure. Yeah, no, he's a he's a great guy, and like the thing, too, like, just as good of, to say how good of a guy he was, right? We uh, we raised all that a bunch of money for his medical funds, but he still took some of that and put it towards an animal sanctuary, you know, like that's the kind of guy he was, you know, he, he was vegan, you know, he's straight edge and vegan, but he cared about, you know, his beliefs and animals so much. Like he put 
something else before his own health almost. And like, right. wow, that's just the kind of guy he was, you know, he's fucking great. Just too, 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 almost too good for this world. And that, those are the ones they take, man. It's sad. Yeah. It's a bummer, but it is what it is. I mean, we got, we got to do, you know, uh, suffocates. Um, and that was awesome. It was a bummer. Cause, uh, I'm not sure he saw the records before he passed. You know, I sent him a package and the last message that I sent him, um, wasn't, you know, he didn't get him then. I don't know if you saw him. So it, it's a bummer, you know, uh, it is what it is, but I'm glad I got to do the two records. I guess I can, I can talk about it kind of, cause I really don't know what the deal is with it, but the original plan was we were going to do uh Bishop suicide party and uh, some until the end records. Yeah. Yeah. And Bishop still might be happening until the end is a little foggy. Uh, but you know, we, we had plans. Uh, I know he had plans with, uh, good fight and stuff too. I don't know what's going on with that you know, in the future now, but uh, yeah. So I am very honored to, you know, not only work with him, but all the other bands I've done stuff with, because it is me putting out records. I love, I want to get to a point to where I can put out more bands. I believe in like enemy of God. That was a total passion thing. You know, I knew it wasn't going to sell, you know, 300 copies in a day. Right. And it's something that I love that band. I want to put them out, but like, the fact is, you know, I am, I'm a dad of three, you know, and I don't have, you know, this luxurious job where I'm making millions of dollars. So I can't pump a bunch of money into releases that I'm not going to get something back on. And it's not about making money. It's about breaking even, you oh, know, putting sure. our record is not fucking cheap. <laughs> so oh, no, I did bank, I, and you got to maintain yeah. too. So yeah, I did bank on, you know, the reissue game uh, for a little bit uh, just because, you know, it's a, it's a sure thing. It's like people want, you know, these records and I'll try and provide that for them. And I'm pretty happy with what I've done so far. Uh, I think the window is kind of closing for reissues though. You know, you got a lot of labels doing their own thing. Uh, I mean, not that it's totally in the same realm, but you got like wax vessel doing their thing and they're doing the more like MySpace era. Um, you got like force of reckoning doing their thing. That's more like North Carolina stuff. Silent pendulums doing a lot of reissues. And I feel like, maybe some of those realms don't totally cross like the bands I'm doing, but there is like some line and I know good fight to what I'm told got a lot of rights back. So they might oh, be nice. doing that stuff. Then you, then you got trust kill doing all that bullshit with revolver with those dumb fucking icons thing, spending $75 for an NFT. Oh, dumb dude, as shit. So fucking <laughs> retarded. I, I, seen that. I hate that fucking shit. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a sucker. I bought the This Love, This Is Murderous record. I mean, that's a record that I grew up on, you know, one of my favorites, definitely top 10. Yeah, that's the only I one agree. I bought. Oh, fuck all I those. totally like, missed that because when I seen it, like by the time I seen the advertisement for it, it was gone. Yeah, I mean, I think it was, I had some very negative opinions about the whole thing, uh, but it's not my business, whatever. I they sucker me into one record and that's all they're gonna get me for now. So, <laughs> I mean, there ain't really but, was no other way to get it. Like, uh, I have a really old CD that I don't even think plays anymore. It's all rotted out and stuff. I just have it because the cover's autographed. Yeah. Um, at that bleeding through gig, uh, what did you think? You think they sounded good? Honestly, I left before they played because uh, I thought I don't like that album. I think it sounds um, dated. You don't like this is love this murderous? Like, okay, check this out. When it came out, that was the first album I ever did like a review of. 
in mm. at Aces, and it went in a school thing, which is cool. Like a written review? Yeah. Okay. So, but when I went to see him live, I was so disappointed. Like, um, Chipetti sounded like shit. It was at the shelter. I don't know. They just they didn't sound good. I don't know. And then okay, so I didn't. I was there to see Let It Die, Walls of Jericho, Suffer No Fools. That they were playing in the other room. So yeah, like I skipped out honestly to beat the traffic and get home. Fair enough. Yeah, it was a long drive for you. I mean, yeah. So I thought Bleeding Through sounded great. It sounded phenomenal. I was like kind of surprised. I hadn't seen that band in so long. Uh, the last time I, maybe the last time I saw them though was at the Majestic, and it was too big of a room, not enough people, sounded like shit. So maybe yeah. that had something to do with it. <laughs> but, I just, yeah, that yeah, was a great just, gig. Um, it's just you know, that's my opinion. That's all for sure. Yeah, and you're entitled to it for sure. Um, I I like the Crowfoot. I think the Crowfoot, it's it's an it's almost a, too nice of a venue for like hardcore shows, but it sounds so fucking good. Yeah, that place sounds really nice. And now that you mention it, it does kind of remind me of like a, uh, almost like a, like all the woodwork inside and shit's like you're right. It's like kind of too nice. Yeah, the like pipe. I've always liked the pipe room too. A hardcore band at the Ritz. Yeah, type of thing. and and even the. That God, what do they call it? That little bar off to the side where they had hardcore bands playing, like the um, uh, like Suffer No Fools. That's where I saw those guys play. Pike Room. The Pike Room. Yeah. Even that's like it reminds me of like a Star Trek bar or something. The way it's lit up. It's weird. Yeah, I seen some crazy gig. I saw Dillinger Escape Plan in that gig, and it was fucking nuts. Inside <laughs> it, that Pike Room. Yeah. So oh, that would be they fun a, as fuck. Well, they had a barricade for like two minutes, and then somebody got their fucking face split open. There was blood everywhere, <laughs> and uh, they got rid of that barricade pretty fast. <laughs> nice. I don't even know how you could put that room. is way too small to even put a barricade in. Like, the fuck were they thinking? Yeah, it was just just one of those little metal bars. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's cool. But yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, uh, to get back to the label stuff, I mean, it's just uh, it's a passion project, total passion project. Um, Everything I I will not put something out that I don't care about. I mean, I get hit up every day about like, oh, listen to my demo. Can you put my band out? And I'm very honest with them. Like, yo, either I'll tell them if I like it, if I don't like it. But I'm also like, you know, I'm not in the in the realm of you know putting anything out that I. How do I say this? Like, I can't put something out that I can't get an immediate you know something back on. It's just kind of how it is right now. I get that 100% cuz I do kind of the same thing at the record store with new records where I have to get a portion of what I know I can sell immediately to make my money back to be able to consistently put out the other stuff. Like sure, like yeah. I said earlier, you have to maintain what you're putting into it. It's not about making a profit or getting rich off it. Like you have to be able to eat day to day. For sure. Yeah. I mean, there's some records I thought would do well. I'm still sitting on tons of copies like Damnation AD. I did well, four or 500 of those. I still have like 120 left. And that's been, you know, over five years since I put that out. It's a good uh, album. But also too, it's insane. Like that, that's the thing that like how it happened was fucking crazy. All they did was send an email be like, Hey, you want to do this? And it was immediate. Yes. And I was like, that just blew my mind. <laughs> um, I, I did. I, you know, like, Thinking back now, it is your discography is very like is pretty random. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm uh, very all over the place. I mean, uh, at one point in time, I was going to do an acoustic record uh, for a friend of mine. Uh, didn't work out. I mean, we got Sunlight Ascending, which uh, those are some members of some of my older bands. Uh, I, I like that shit, too. That's oh, yeah. I mean, shit. Po- post-rock is definitely a, a passion of mine. I mean, there's uh, a band from Columbus called The End of the Ocean um, that are some old friends. They're great. Uh, I mean, another uh, Akron band, Akron, Ohio band. Um, if these trees could talk, they're fantastic. This will destroy you, you know, the little more known band, I guess, but uh, they're really good. But yeah, post-rock. And that's the thing too, like with Sunday Ascending, um, I did merch for them for like years, you know, they're some of my best friends. And so I'd go to all the shows and stuff and do whatever. And I was, uh, I saw so many bands that I never would have, you know, even thought about seeing or listening to without those guys. But like, we're just a bunch of like hardcore dudes that are like into post-rock, whatever. But uh, there's this band, um, after clang from like Denmark and like somebody played a show with them. And I was like fucking blown away. Like I never would have heard this band on my own. And, but also too, I, I worked in a venue for like over, I worked at the magic stick for like over 10 years. So kind of same thing with that. A lot of bands I never would have, you know, yeah, thought about. Standpoint, was, I'm like, dude, I'd work there just to go to shows, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I saw just as much bad shit as good shit. But. Oh yeah. Not, yeah. That's what I've heard from security guard friends and what have you they're like dude it's not all it's cracked up to be <laughs> well i mean yeah. like think I mean, about love... the nights that you got to listen to oh yeah. like I've i had some a bigger venue stories. where you're like okay van andel's playing obituary and cannibal corpse and then the next night you got tim mcgraw or something yeah like and then the next night you got kanye yeah I don't know, it burned, or whatever like, yeah 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 Maybe. for sure yeah I mean, it's it's fun even when you're watching or like um I like bad things, you know, it's just fun to people watch and shit. So definitely. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you know, my, my labels all over the place. Um, like I said, my, my music tastes are all over. Um, and I'll keep doing it. I don't have any bands that want to do it with me anymore. <laughs> it would be cool if we were talking about this when we interviewed Lenny from earth mover, if somebody could re-release the earth mover stuff. And I know it, isn't just as easy as snapping your fingers and doing it, but if somebody like could pick it up, it'd be uh, fucking sweet. Cause that stuff is hard to find. Even on CD, it's hard to find. Yeah. I mean, so uh, I know Jerry from Jack's Rucker Stash has like a big grip of uh, Earth Mover CDs. Uh, maybe I'll hit him up and see if I can get some for you. But uh, I mean, I would definitely be down to do Earth Mover stuff. I mean, Len's an old friend. I think uh, Gennett, I think that's how you say it, records maybe owns the rights to it or something, or maybe not even owns it, but they did a lot of the, yeah, the, the German presses. Uh, yeah. So I don't know uh, what their hold is on it, but I mean, yeah, it's something I, I haven't like really brought to lens attention, but uh, I mean, he knows, or maybe he doesn't know, but uh, I would do it in a heartbeat and uh, yeah, it'd, it'd be great. Sorry. I lost my train of thought there, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it'd be cool. I and mean, there's a lot of, here's the thing too. There's a lot of Detroit bands that are love to touch because I love Detroit. It's my passion. You know, like Detroit hardcore will always be Michigan hardcore in general, always be close to me. For sure. Um, Some bands that I think that, you know, people don't really remember or know about just because they're older. Like there's this band from Flint called Spit, which uh, I've kind of been talks with people of, you know, maybe doing something like they're great. I mean, there's tons of old 90s bands, early 2000s bands from Michigan that just got lost, you know, to the time. Maybe they're like a MySpace era band and all that shit's gone. And 
you know, I, I would love to just churn out Michigan release after Michigan release, uh, release like a coalition would be sick, you know, all sorts of shit. I, mean, I could go on forever, but, uh, but yeah, like I said, I mean, I, I won't stop doing this until I, people start telling me, you know, no, and I have more no's and yeses, I guess. <laughs> How did that, uh, that D block release that you did on the late, did you do that like hand, hand cut lathe? So, um, that we, uh, I went through a company, um, called out precarious cuts for that they've done some other work for me oh okay. uh, they did great jobs yeah so uh that just kind of came about because it was only on cd and cassette and i was like hey let's do something cool and limited and just put something out you know for some shows coming up and for like kind of like the diehards you know like i'm a big advocate of f- physical media uh physical over digital always and just something cool to have for the collectors and like because the thing the thing is those things aren't cheap you know they're like 13 15 cost so you got to spend you know 20 bucks to even make anything Holy or shit. charge 20 bucks or so so they're they're not cheap so it's like this is going to be for the people that really you know care about the band and did alternate artwork and all that stuff and it was cool i mean those guys are friends of mine too you know i like i said I, i'm a big supporter of church hardcore uh and that's a band you know, i believe in too a lot i'm really excited that they're doing what they're doing uh and that's like Someone like that, though, like I would love to just like put them on my roster and be like, hey, they're an over and out band. And just but pump I also, out. yeah, I would love to do that. But I also don't want to hold them back because right, a band right. like that, I can't give them what I think they deserve. Right. Like they should be on one of the bigger hardcore labels right now. They should be taking over the fucking world right now. You know, and they are in certain aspects, but like they were on, uh, was unbeaten and they did whatever they were doing. I don't know what the deal was with all that, but like, I think they should be a flat spot band. Personally, I think that's like the perfect label for them flat spot right now. Uh, I don't know if they've been in contact, but they need a label that's going to be able to, you know, get them on tours and promote them and stuff like that. And like what I do isn't really catered to that, you know, like I'm not a promotion kind of thing. I'm just putting out records for bands I love. Right. Um, yeah, so it's like that was like that was the thing that was just uh, for the for the diehards and the collectors. The same thing with like never any game. Like that was something that like they're on you know a big label. They they yeah, didn't yeah. need to do that shit with me. You know, like they they could they did it because you know we're we're friends and you know we kept it you know Michigan and obviously we did something with that Ohio label too. But like it wasn't something that was gonna like push them any further. Like they are they're already a huge fucking band, dude. They sound so, like, this so was something- good live too. Oh, they're great. Yeah, they're, you know, but the thing too, like, they're all like seasoned veterans. Every band they've been in have been fucking great. Right, right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's like, you know, it was a passion thing. It was like, let's do the demo on vinyl. Cool. Awesome. But I never, I like, an enemy, enemy of God, let's, you know, them too. Like, I wish they were on a bigger label. Like, they'd be a great days band. You know, it's like, I don't know if they, they don't like maybe tour enough to do that. I don't know, like, what if days, what their deal is. You know, some labels want bands to get out more to do whatever business shit. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I want to support my friends. I want to, you know, do as much as I can for them, but I also don't want to hold them back. It's kind of like a weird, a weird, a weird uh, thing. Oh, dude. I, uh, I totally understand where you're like, you don't have the kind of money to be like, well, here, man, we're going to put you on this tour, blah, blah, blah. Like I can't even imagine, you know? Yeah. And I don't want to make promises I can't keep, especially with current bands, with current bands, like they're on a schedule, you know, it's like you have a certain window, like, okay, you put your record out online 
that shit's going to be forgotten about in two fucking weeks. So it's like, you you need to get those physical copies out ASAP, you know, like going back to days, what I've seen with what they've been doing. Cause like when they were, I don't know, let's let's go back a few years, you know, the the vinyl market was fucking crazy. Turnaround times were nuts. So I was like, Hey, we got this new band. Can't do vinyl. Let's do CDs. Vinyl will come later. You know, it's like, get something physical out. And that's kind of what I did with Enemy God with the CD too. You want to get something out, but you only got a certain, certain window. Right. Um, Cause I think digital is honestly, I think is how to put this. It's like, it's cool. Cause it's, it's right there, right in your face right away. But at the same time, it's e- just easily forgotten about. Cause there's just so much shit coming out. Hey man, you're but preaching, like, to the co- preaching to the choir, man. Yeah. Like as soon yeah, as you I mean, scroll, there's, you got one artist here and there's at your fingertips a thousand. Whereas like having a physical piece of media, it's way more personal and it leaves more of an impression on you, I think, so to say. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't look through a thanks list on fucking Spotify. Right. You know, you can go to, you got like the, I guess the equivalent of a thanks list is like the bands, you know, thing on the bottom of like bands that sound like whatever, but it's somewhat similar. But, yeah, uh, but even that, that's just a generated, like, here's kind of what's in the same genre. It's not like the band was like, here, put this in there, put this artist in there, put this artist in there. Like, And a lot of the bands we listen sure. to, they don't even have, a like, a bio on there, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, um, what was I saying? Uh, but, yeah, you know, like I said, I just want to, I want to help my friends out, do what I can, um, and, yeah, just uh, keep doing this as a passion well the the never ending game release was your most recent release right most recent yeah yeah that was honestly you know turn on time this shit was crazy that seemed to like go quickly i mean you still have one variant on the website left but yeah so collide sold you said that like uh, another album you did, you've been sitting on copies of for like five years or whatever, and then now you got stuff selling out the day of or the day after type of thing. Like it's, it's definitely growth. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Um, I mean, I knew Never Any Game was going to do well just because they're a current popular band, but uh, right. Collide sold all their copies. They had they had eighty on their store, and uh, you know they have the rest of their copies. Whatever they're going to do with. Um, I had, uh, around about 40 of the mystery copy and those, the rest are never any games again, get those. And then, so I think I, I think I sold like 176 or some, or something like for my store, right. Out of the 450, um, after taking care of all the bands and stuff. And I still have like 110 left in the store or something like that. Um, so it did, it did well, but not sold out yet. I think I, I think, too, I think I got a mystery one from you. Dude, they turned out so fucking good. The thing too, though, like what I'm interested in is like, okay, Never Any Game is a is a newer band, and it, ca- it does cater to not totally a younger crowd, but you know the younger generation of hardcore because they're they're a current band. I don't know if those kids are collecting vinyl. Like I think like it is like a T-shirt generation. Like a lot of the orders I get are like people that are around my age that have been collecting vinyl for years, and you got some kids in there, but like. I talk to a lot of kids and like they don't own records, they don't own record players, and so maybe that has something to do with it. Because like, remembering never that shit sold out in two fucking days, and that was all people you know in their thirties and forties. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Well, a lot of people like at the store that I see and hear just 
uh, you know, overhear conversations. Like, I would say a good 50, 60% of people buying records don't even own a turntable. This is crazy. There was actually an article that I read a few weeks ago that said that. That was like, I think it was like 80 to 85% of people, at least I took the survey, that own records don't own a turntable. Right. Uh, that's crazy. That's fucking insane. Uh, but I, mean, I, I, worked, I worked in a record store for about eight years, um, and it was – it was uh, it was crazy, like you know, seeing the different generations of people buying records and stuff, like what they were interested in, and I, I definitely missed that. But um, within the, because it, it's like people would be coming in with their parents, you know, like getting records and stuff, and mm-hmm. that was always cool to see what people were into and all that. But um, yeah, I, I would I would like to know how many people in the current hardcore scene that are within you know twenty to twenty five who are actually buying records. That'd be an interesting uh, poll to see. I think there's a lot of people that would like to, but then, like, I don't know. For some people, like, if you don't have, unless you're just going to buy, like, a cheap Crosley or whatever, you know, that is what it is. But for some people, like, if you don't have a just knowledge of stereos, it seems overwhelming to set up, like, a turntable and a a stereo receiver and speakers and all that stuff. And some people, I think, like... They're like, I don't know how to work this. I don't know what this does. And then, like, you get into the technical side of things, and it, it, some people, I think, get deterred from it just because it's overwhelming or can be. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, anyone that comes to me and asks me about equipment and stuff, I'm like, never an all-in-one. Like, don't do that. Like, if you want a system, like, I'll help you pick it out, right. you know, uh, whatever. And uh but it is overwhelming. Um, I mean, when I first started collecting records, I was fortunate enough to have a gifted, a very nice record player. And I had some nice speakers and stuff. And my setup has only gotten better since then. Uh, but I don't know if, if you're not around that. Yeah. It's just like, it's super overwhelming. And I don't know, like, how do I put this? Like, it is a lot too. It's not just as simple as like, you know, an MP3 player. It's like, it takes up a lot of space and like, and stuff like that. So it's a, it's a whole thing, right? And you guys know you guys know that. But also, too, records aren't fucking cheap. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, that was going to be another think, thing I was going to bring up with the age yeah. group is you're spending ten years ago thirty dollars a record on average. Yeah, ten years ago, I could buy a record that was you know like a brand new record for like fifteen bucks, <laughs> you know, and like now that same record is thirty thirty five dollars. Yeah. And if it's a metal record, it's probably fifty to sixty fucking dollars. Yeah, yeah. it's it's crazy to see. Uh, and then everybody the has their own like Van Halen records or like just shit. Ten, Common fifteen shit. years ago, yeah, you'd see fucking everywhere. Yeah, and now, yep, yeah, yeah. Right up. You know what would be really cool yeah. to me is if so. Since they made and sold records for fifteen twenty dollars a piece at one time and even cheaper than that way back in the day and obviously we can't go back to the prices of 399 in the 70s and shit but you would sell so much more if the prices weren't like inflated to the point of you trying to get every single dollar out of people that you can like the bigger companies that are always like we're gonna you know, on average, we're, our price of this album is thirty eight ninety eight. We're going to raise that to 42 because of this, that, and the other. When I mean, do you really have to? Like, was 38 yeah. not enough? For sure. And it, here's the thing, too. I have no problem spending money on something that I want. You know, I, I definitely bought some dumb things. 
but know. I get so irritated when I spend say like 35, $40 on a record and there's no insert. There's nothing special oh, yeah, about it. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I hate like that a, shit. It's a single jacket. No insert comes in like the cheapest paper sleeve you could possibly find that might as well be like 300 grit sand. Yeah. It's like you, I'd almost like buy the CD at that point. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. Because they're, yeah, they're so charging how, how $50, $60 for an album that should be costing 10 to 20 based on the quality. Exactly. Yeah. So how long has your record store been open for? Uh, this year will be six years. Awesome. Cool, cool. It'll be July 1st. It'll be six years. I haven't been here the entire time. Uh, a friend of mine opened it, and then I started coming around pitching business ideas, rearranging things around the store, bringing in new things, bringing in customers, doing social media stuff. And then I just kind of ended up being a half business partner over time. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, keep it going. You know, it's never a bad thing to have more record stores. I mean, there's a lot down here. We're definitely spoiled. But my first thing I do when I go somewhere, I'm like, where's the closest record store? <laughs> Anywhere I'm at. It drives my wife nuts. <laughs> I do the same thing. Or or if they don't have a record store, I'm like, okay, where's the bookstore? Or where's like an FYE so I can buy some used movies and shit? Sure. Yeah, that was uh, I have a big movie collection too. Um, going back to the record store I was, I was working at. Uh, so in the town I grew up in, I grew up in a small town called Clawson, which is metro detroit still but it's like right next to royal oak area but it's a smaller town mm -hmm. um there was a video rental store uh called thomas video and it was like one of the oldest video stores in all of america it closed down however many years ago but um so i was fortunate enough to you know be there they had a lot of messed up movies but when they closed they're good friends with the shop i worked at and sold a bunch of movies and i got like, so much rare cool stuff and that was awesome I was fortunate enough too to like get them for nothing, <laughs> you know, like movie that's like 50 bucks, you know, pay like $3 for it. So that was yeah. something I really miss about working, you know, at a record store. Uh, it's just getting all this cool stuff and not paying the full price for it. Yeah. Yeah. You get like anytime <laughs> collections come in or new releases or whatever, you always have first dibs on things, which yeah, there's oh, been yeah. a lot of times where I see something and I'm like, man, I would love that, but I got 10 customers that would love that. Sometimes I take it, sometimes the customers get it. I try to let customers get first dibs 90% of the time, but sometimes something comes through and I'm like, oh, no, I can't let this go. For sure. What? So what's the coolest thing that's ever walked through the door for you? Personal thing. It doesn't have to be whatever, just personal for you. Um, This is like completely unrelated to hardcore, but... uh. Over the last year, there was this band called Scorpion, not Scorpions, like the rock band. And um, if you're familiar with Motown at all, like the Funk Brothers and all that stuff, the yeah. uh, sit-in musicians for Motown, that was their original band before going to Motown. And it's like kind of political jazz funk fusion type of stuff it's really cool but it's the only time it's ever been released it was like 1962 or 63 or something like that um it's only okay. got one record pressing ever uh it's it was super fucking rare cool cover i'll send you a picture of it when i get home but i would say that is definitely up there um i've come across like 
first pressings of like Smith's records and Talking Heads and stuff like that. Um, Those Cramps ones were pretty dope. The Cramps things, yeah, we just got some original Cramps stuff not that long ago. Okay. We had some dude, an old guy, come in, I don't know, six, seven months ago with a box of records. And he just goes, here, you can have them. He's like, I don't want them anymore. They've been taking up space in my house. And he had, like, this original print Lords of Acid record in there that was, like, 450 bucks. And I was like, what the fuck? And it was in, like, a pile of, like, Neil Diamond and, like, Rod Stewart and just typical, like, everyday dollar record shit that you would see. And I'm, it just was so out of place. Yeah, I love that. That's that's great. <laughs> um there was a guy that passed away, uh, I was how many years ago it was, and thousands of records. We bought so many records and going through, and it's like a lot of weird, all a lot of jazz and stuff, right? right. Um, but stuff all over the place. And got to the soundtracks, and there was, you know, like some original horror, like Shining, Dawn of the Dead, stuff like that. I'm like, super cool. Then I started getting into some other stuff, and there was like Psychic TV, Swans, all this original press stuff, and like, a lot of like weird, like avant-garde, like jazz noise shit. A Fucking lot of, uh, was that? Yeah. Like, like a lot of, like John Zorn stuff. And like, I was like, picked through all of it. Uh, there was, uh, it was not, not, a not painkiller, whatever. Uh, one of the John Zorn's bands, there's a bunch of shit in there, but yeah, it was so cool. That was probably like the biggest grail that like came in for me, me personally. It was just all that weird, just crazy shit. That's like really expensive, really hard to come by, especially it was a lot of like, a little rarer psychic TV stuff and like Genesis stuff, uh, Jess Bjorch stuff, but that was super cool. Yeah, we, I don't know, Alpina's weird with their music selection. We come across a lot of classic rock staples and sort of things like that, which are great because they sell every day. And you know, the, the I need to have shit that sells too, not just what I like, but uh, definitely we come across all that. But like once in a while, yeah, we do find some cool shit. Like there was a a collector I know that's in the Detroit area that brought up some stuff um, because we also sell vintage toys and stuff like that out of the store. So like okay. GI Joes and fucking star Wars toys, um, Ninja Turtles, shit like that all over the place. And he was bringing up some stuff for trades. Um, but there's this old hip hop group out of the nineties called diamond D and the psychotic neurotics. And there was an original DJ promo copy of their stunts, blunts and hip hop record. And it was like, he had like 20 bucks written on it or something like that. And I was like, is that for sale? Cause they made a deal on some other shit, but I just like picked that one thing and I was like, can I buy this? And, uh, he didn't know it was the DJ promo copy and it's worth like 350 bucks or something like that. And there's very, very, very few ever done. And the ones that were, were obviously used for DJs, so they were scratched to shit, but this one was, like, perfect. Sure. Uh, I mean, I don't know how profitable it would be for you guys to set up, but me and my buddy, Jeff Uberti, um, who is in Hellmouth, some other bands, uh, we do a record swap every few months. It's called the Gimme Gimme Record Show. Come down, hang up, or if you guys want to set up, I mean, it'd be cool to have you, too. We can talk about that later, but just to plug that real quick, it's always a fun time. It's over at the Sanctuary in Hamtramck. Okay. I've, about we actually, what's we, the date on really that? About sure, I've been to it. I we think. we don't have uh, the next one set up totally yet. I oh, actually okay. we, we're gonna do one. We're gonna do one at Flint soon too, over at uh, the Flint local uh, over by Jack's Record Stash. Our buddy Jerry runs that. So, but yeah, I mean, we can. I'll definitely send you the info for that if you guys are 
interested in setting up or just come and hanging out. It's always a fun time. I mean, it's like you got all these record shows, all these classic record shows. And this one is definitely more catered to like, you know, punk hardcore, but you got a lot of awesome guys in there. You got, you know, Ricky rat, you know, local legend, uh, John, uh, who um, owns uh village vinyl drummer, negative approach, uh, fucking, uh, Davey from amino acids you know a lot of awesome people up in there selling records so yeah definitely shoot me the yeah, info and we'll, you know, even yeah, if we don't set up to it like we'll come down for it for sure we did a show yeah. at bell's brewery in uh kalamazoo last summer and like it was a lot of fun like i didn't make like a ton of money or anything but i didn't really go to make the money like i just went because i wanted to record shop for one but we took like our podcast banner down there and passed out podcast cards to like every single person there. And um, like that was our main goal was to just plug the podcast. Like the record show was just a bonus. For sure. Yeah. I love record shows. They're so fun. We used to have one here, but the three guys that ran it, like once in a while you'd find something out of place. Like I found a mutoid man record there one time. Jeremy found like a mad ball seven inch. Um, yeah. Very random. It's like things. few and far between, but uh, like I found a Houdini and a box of Tina Turner and shit. Uh, yeah. But that's what it's about. It's about, you know, the hunt, you know, it's like you can yeah. go on discogs and buy almost anything. And I, if, if I did that, I could, you know, right now I could make my record collection go up from, a, you know, to a thousand more records, okay. but it's about going out in the wild and finding that shit. Like that's the part of the thing. I've, I've bought and sold records so many times just to go back out and find them. And it sounds dumb, but it's like, no, yeah, it's just, it's, it's it. fun to do. Cause I've done it. And like, I don't know that I, but I say the same exact thing. Like there's a, on my discogs list there's a ton of shit on there and they like yeah it's out there for sale but i'd love to just come across it like it makes it that much more rewarding to find it rather than just hitting order and then you're like okay i gotta wait for this to ship cool open the box but it's it's less rewarding and less exciting when you already know that it's on the way for sure yeah I didn't get to ask this, but going back to like earlier on before you started the label, what got you into just hardcore and music in general? Oh, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I guess I always, uh, I guess growing up in a musical household might not be like the right word. Like uh, music in general has always been like important. Like um, nobody like really played instruments in my house. Like that came later for me. But uh, my dad was a big rock and roll fan. Um, so he grew up with like, like Black Sabbath is one of like my earliest like favorite bands and stuff like that. Um, Neil Young, CCR, you know, stuff like that. Uh, so my dad was always listening, to, you know, rock and roll. My mom was always listening, you know, R and B and stuff like, you know, people are Bryson, you know, Tino Turner, or all that shit, you know. Uh, so always listen to a lot of music, and then I would say like probably my my introduction to any kind of heavier music besides like MTV and VH1 and watching music videos and stuff like that was like, I was a big, like I said, Black Sabbath fan. So I saw they were coming out on Ozfest one year and I was like, dad, we got to go to Ozfest. And, uh, you know, there's some other bands I was interested in there, like Slipknot was playing or whatever. And that kind of caught my eye on some other bands some smaller bands. So that was like a little kind of gateway. Cause like from rock into hardcore it was like rock new metal hardcore 
right? So that's kind of like the timeline of genre. A big, new, still a big new metal fan to this day. But um, that actually makes so, a lot of sense with because I think new metal. Somebody's gonna kill me for this, but I think new metal kind of ties into hardcore with this slight like hip hop sort of influence in there. Oh, I agree. Um, it's like. On the thumbcore so, rapcore side, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying Definitely. I'm not yeah. saying every new metal band sounds like a hardcore band. I'm just saying if you take it on the surface, like there's definite. It makes sense how you could transition from one to another. Oh, most definitely. Aggressive. For sure. music. Yeah, it's like, you know, I grew up in you know Tony Hawk Pro Skater era, so it was like punk music was like on my radar, but like Every, it was never loved Goldfinger. <laughs> yeah oh yeah honestly that's like the only goldfinger song i like I <laughs> uh and it's like whatever and so that was cool but yeah it was like i was really big into new metal and so i started going to you know seeing slipknot corn and whoever else a lot and um i remember i got this headbangers ball cd you know wherever it came out and there was Eton concrete was on it and honestly that might have been the gateway for me it was like wow they're new metal enough and hardcore enough to be like, you know, spike my interest in something different. So I like, okay, so I have that. And then I heard biohazard and it was like, still kind of like that new metal ish kind of thing going on. And then it was like, Oh wow. These like all these hardcore bands they play with. I'm like, who is that? And then it's like still kind of in like the new metal wave. Right. And then that was around, it's still like middle school era. And then around, late middle school, early high school, I had this friend who introduced me to a lot of like the ferret Trusco bands. And then that was like game over. I was like, yo, what's this shit? I fucking love it. So like, I guess your traditional sense of like hardcore didn't really come in to the picture until later in life. Like I had to go back and like your, your negative approaches, you know, like, 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 like Madball and Terror, those always bands I was really into. Cause like, they, you know, they were playing with the, like, I mean, they were on, you know, right. um, some of those labels at one point. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So like those bands, like those are like the gateway bands of like hardcore, I think for that time. Right. But like some of the other, like more like faster hardcore stuff I wasn't into until later on. Like I didn't, or like say like Cole's life, for example, I don't know who the fuck Cole's life was till I was like probably 17. <laughs> right. Uh, so and I'm, you know, almost 34 now. Yeah. So, you know, rock and roll, new metal, metal core, I guess you can say for that time and stuff like that. And then the rest is history. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, my dad, like I said, was really into rock and roll and did that. And some friends lead me along the way. I, I had a like Jeff Uberti, uh, you know, he got me into a lot of stuff. Um, I remember this guy, Ian Courtney, used to work at uh, the record shop that uh, I ended up working at. And I was buying a Slipknot CD or something shit like that. And he was like, Hey, listen to this band morning again. And I was like, Oh, well now that's my introduction to straight edge. You know, it was like, what is this? Isn't there and a rancid song about a dude named Ian Courtney? I, I, I feel like it rings don't a bell for some reason. I don't think so. No, I could be totally yeah. wrong. Ian Courtney was, I mean, Ian Courtney, uh, that's probably not is, the same dude. I'm sure. But yeah, I don't know. It's like, uh, He's a local hardcore dude. I mean, he was in uh he, he played bass and poison well for a minute though. I mean, he was did some backing vocals on Terror's Lowest of the Low, but he was in Coalition for a minute, uh 
David Hawkeye. Co- David Courtney, that's what it was, my bad. David Courtney, okay. Yeah, <laughs> Ian's a great guy. But yeah, you know, he introduced me. So just along the way, you know, different people like kind of snowballing, uh, got me into different things. And here I am now, you know, just uh, into a bunch of different shit. But yeah, I, don't know. I hope they answered answer your question. Sorry, I just kind of rambled on. <laughs> no, that fucking perfect answer. That's the type of answer I look for. Were you saying something earlier about um, what's your connection with Suffocate Faster? So uh, that, I mean, the band grew up loving, right? Kind yeah, of yeah. one of those things where I just like uh, hit up Chris one day and we started talking about things and we're like, hey, you want to do a record? And I was like, I think it was kind of around the same time I was doing Let It Die. And because I can't remember which one first came first. was It was either Let It Die or Suffocate Faster, um, whichever idea came up first. But whatever whichever one like kind of piggybacked off the other one. Um, and cause they've been friends for a long time. So yeah, it was just, you know, just kind of right place, right time. Uh, Chris is a great guy, you know, uh, Cincinnati hardcore is fucking awesome. We actually have another suffocate faster record coming out soon, but yeah, it was kinda, you know, one of the, what's that? <laughs> Not, nothing. That's a good thing, man. Yeah. 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 So we're going to, we're going to do another reissue. But yeah, just one of those things, just right time, right place, right conversations. <laughs> you said you were in some bands yourself too, yeah? Yeah, so uh, I was in, I was, no one probably remembers this band, but I was in a band called Megalodon in uh, high school, and we played, you know, some show, we played like Hoods, played with, played this place called Static Age all the time, just a, a metal band for a lack of better words. Um, and then I was in a, a band called Not Okay, which was uh, kind of like a late nights, early 2000s, screamo influenced band, you know, noisy hardcore kind of thing. Uh, only put out one recorded EP, uh, was a band for about 10 years, you know, did whatever we did. Never toured, you know, just always local band. Uh, I was in Rust and Shit for a little bit, played bass in that band. Oh, that's uh, right. I did some no- Rust and Shit. Yep. Yeah, I did some noise. I was trying to think of the noise, names but... mentioned earlier, and I was like, I know yeah. there was one that yeah. I was like, good fucking name. That's what yeah. made me think yeah. I'd suffocate faster. I couldn't recall if you said you were you played in with them or what, and then so I'm no, glad. yeah, I would I would love to play with them, but they have a solid <laughs> yeah, right, right now. Right. Uh, and then I was in the Noise Project. I mean, a new band called Fight for Your Life um, with uh, Andre from Under the Knife. So we got that going right now. Right now, this and uh, um. We just try. I actually just dropped a new song today. Uh, the whole EP is done and recorded, but we're trying to, you know, space the uh, singles out. So we have a new song that dropped today. Uh, we have a new song that drops next week, and then the full EP will be out in February. So, okay, sweet. Do you have a um, an Instagram and stuff for that band? We do. Yeah. So it's uh, X F F Y. LX. <laughs> it's just fight for your life abbreviated. We had it. We had to be very specific about doing the X fight for your life X because there's already a band called Fight for Your Life. Uh, they're like a Christian metal band or some shit. Uh, so we had to um, make sure the X's are in there so they don't get sued. <laughs> <laughs> and but, uh, yeah, yeah. What do you play? I don't remember if you mentioned that or not. Um, so in that band, I'm just doing vocals, but I play guitar and bass. I mean, I played bass and rest and shit. Uh, I did some guitar work, but not okay. I was mainly vocals in that, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, doing just vocals in this, um, 
pretty excited about it. I mean, I haven't been in a band since 2020. Andre's fucking musical genius. Uh, it's really cool to, uh, you know, I kind of gave him this vision and he made it come alive and put his own little thing on it. And I'm really stoked to be doing it with them. Uh, we don't really have a full lineup yet. We have a few, a few friends of ours that are going to kind of come on and do some live stuff when the time comes. So it's, it was just him and I that did uh, all the music together and recorded. So uh, it's really awesome to do. I'm excited for everyone to hear it. It is a straight edge band, but it's not like, I don't think it fits the current mold of like what's going on in Detroit. I think it does do something different. It's kind of always what I've been about. You know, I've, I'm, my musical tastes are all over the place. So I want to kind of emulate a little bit of that and, you know, put some different kind of twang on it a little bit, you know, and, and I don't want to be um, like every other current Detroit. And I'm not saying that every band is the same, but I do feel like they all fit. No, but it's uh, definitely easy to get fit yourself into a mold of similar yeah. sounding stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, they you got like D block doing their thing, which I guess is uh, like that, like kind of like like bouncy hardcore, um, whatever. Right? Annie up, you more like the beat down kind of stuff. Um, you know, doubt it doing their whatever their little. I don't even know what to call it. It's just, it's uh, their little thing. Enemy got out of the more like early thousand metalcore, but like this one is like what we're doing. It's just so fucking all over the place. You got one song that's like, you know, straight up like pissed off in your face hardcore you got another one that's like just fast more power violence a little some slow songs got some clean vocals and some of them uh and just i never wanted to keep it one thing in any band i've ever been and i always want to do something different and kind of keep people on their toes i guess and it might have something to do where it's like i can't keep my mind in one place i'm it might be negative and at the end of the day that i can't just keep the one fucking music <laughs> but i don't know i don't care Oh man, I think it's cool that um, you know, it all sound a little different. It you know if you listen to a record and it's all in the same key, and you you fall asleep, you know, like it's just yeah. things are strange like that. Now we do uh we do a barrier dead song, kind of we uh, it's the barrier dead song note for note, but then we uh change the lyrics to fight for your fucking life besides bury your fucking dead. Gotcha. And it's 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 super cool. We, you know, a, a lot of the the EP is just like kind of like taking from things that uh, the the name itself is from a Black My Heart lyric, and uh, so things like that's cool. And there's some other things that you know, like you hear, it, it's like, oh, you definitely like inspired or got inspiration from a different song for that. So uh, I'm mean, I'm excited about it. Cool, cool. Hey, you said you're going to be releasing. You're trying to kind of milk the singles, or do you have a release date for the whole EP yet, or no? Um. So not, so what is it? Uh, February, I don't have a calendar in front of me, but so not this Sunday, but next Sunday is the full release. Okay, cool. So, so the whole thing yeah, will actually, be out yeah. then anyways. By yeah. The, so by the, the fourth. people are listening to this, they're like, man, we already heard it. <laughs> yeah. Sunday the fourth <laughs> is going to be out. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Are you planning on releasing that through your label? Oh uh, yeah. We're just going to do some CDs. Cool. Yeah, just to get something out there. All that's going on with that band right now. No touring or anything like that? Even playing shows or whatever? Not touring, of course. You're not going to tour. But... We'll, we'll play shows eventually, but it's uh, <laughs> He's like, I got definitely... set up in England. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not like a priority right now. You know, it's right. just trying to get some music out there. We'll 
we'll play eventually um, whenever we can. Because I, I don't, I don't want to play some half-ass show. I want to get a good lineup together. Oh, most you know, definitely. I want, I want to make an impression, I guess. And you know, we want to have fun, but also too, you know, it's like I'm, I'm very much in the showmanship, and I want it to. I don't want it to be just us on stage, uh, you know, playing a show. I want it to be a show, like almost like a, like an actual like, performance. I've, I've always been uh, a performer um, before a musician. <laughs> okay. Those are two different things, but two necessary things to have together, if that makes sense. But yeah. There's a difference sure. between wanna... being a musician and a showman. Like there are some terrible musicians that are huge, that are great showmen because, and they're huge because they're great showmen. I mean, that shit can sell. Yeah, I mean, some of the best shows I've ever played, we sounded like shit, you know, with Not Okay specifically. And yeah. it didn't, people come up to us like, yo, that was insane. And I was like, what? oh, thanks, we <laughs> suck. But it was like, it was because, you know, it was, it was the show that they saw. It wasn't the music they heard. And that was always cool. Yeah, it's cool to redeem yourself that way when you think you're bad, but somebody else remembers it because they're like, yeah, they sucked, but check this out. Like, they were doing, they were nuts. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I have the energy anymore to, you know, hang from rafters and toss my body around as much as I did, you know, my early 20s, but I'm still going to give people, you know, a good ride. Do the 30-year-old version of hanging from a rafter, whatever that may be. (laughs) (laughs) You just got to stretch before and, like, you know, do a little warm-ups now, kind of some... Stretching's important, man. Yeah, dude. So yeah, one, no, one sure. more thing before, unless Jeremy has any questions no, that you um, wanted to get off. Um, no, I think we're. Uh, I think I got everything. I like. I got two more things actually. The, technically, the normal one and yeah, I was gonna get to the question. Question after this, uh, I did want to ask if sauce. you have for your label. Like, do you have any kind of like wish list bands that you want to work with? Absolutely, on Broken Wings. That's my wish list band. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I've hit them. I've hit them up a million times, and uh, there's some other bands too. I mean, Winter Solstice is a band I would love to do. Uh, Eton Concrete, which is I've also been left on red a million times, <laughs> but uh, On Broken Wings is the, is the number one band. When I started this label and wanted to do reissues specifically, they were the band that was like, okay, I want to do them, and. Uh, Hasn't happened yet. Maybe it never will, but that that's the wish list right there. Right on. Well, hopefully they hear this and get on board, dude. Yeah, if they, if they do, cool. If they don't, you know, it's I, I still got CDs. <laughs> yeah, we got some wish list podcast guests, so I get I get it. Absolutely. Uh, uh, do you got any more questions at all? Yeah, the last thing before we wrap things up here is I'm sure you've heard this on other episodes, but uh, what's one thing that you listen to that people would not expect you to listen to? I mean, at this point, uh, I feel like, I don't know, maybe expect to listen to everything. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of that new Olivia Rodrigo record, so my favorite records that's been released uh, in the past you know, year or so. Uh, the new Billie Eilish song from Barbie, can't stop fucking listening to it. Pebo Bryson is one of my favorite R&B artists. Really big into that. Uh, I love Bryson. And I always think about yeah. that self-titled lyric from that fucking Army of the Pharaohs song where he's like, I'm singing love ballads to bitches like <laughs> Pebo Bryson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, I guess those are some good ones. Uh, I mean, I like a lot of, I like everything. So it's, any anyone that's like, 
in my circle kind of kind of knows that I'm very all over the place. But yeah, I think, think that would be, be some good ones. Yeah, we are too. That's why I ask. I mean, like on my way here, I was listening to Christina Aguilera. So, oh yeah, it's a bop that. for sure. Well, my my <laughs> sons my sons been getting really into like boy bands and stuff. So we've been listening to a lot of Backstreet Boys, In Sync. You know, just. N- oh, not man. that those are a, a lot of bands I listened to when I was younger, but my sister was into them. So was, uh, I definitely there heard, was heard no it a escaping lot. them though. Like no matter what, if you were alive yeah. at that point and over ten years old, you heard it. I can't talk yeah. about those things on air, man. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess this is this might be a better one that people might not expect because you know I, I feel like a lot of like pop music. A lot of people listen to pop music. I'm really big into like early like myspace scene music like that's that's probably my my weakness like like that first like devil wars powder record i love that shit or like, <laughs> or like hollywood undead shit uh i listen to hollywood Dead a little bit sometimes like i don't like that anymore but sometimes i listen to it i, was I like, just man it's just like brings back some weird memories yeah <laughs> that's just the only it does remind me a lot of myspace, MySpace because i remember that was the like that band got a deal without ever playing a fucking show because yeah. I had like a million yeah. followers or whatever. I was thinking like Chios For sure. and it's shit like that. Nut, like that blew oh. away, dude. Silverstein. Oh um, yeah, yes. that whole era. Scary kids, scaring kids. Just scary kids is one of definitely one of those first two records. Love them. They're fucking great. <laughs> yeah. No, I actually I went back like it was a while ago now, but I went back and listened to a bunch of that stuff that. I remember hearing as a teenager just to see if it like aged well because uh, there's shit that I hadn't heard in forever, and I'm like, okay, let's see what it, uh, you know, 13 year old me was jamming, and For sure. you go back and some of it holds and some of it you're like, oh, I don't know what the hell I was thinking, but <laughs> you know, it yeah, is what it is. For sure, but yeah, I think it's uh, those are some good answers. I think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But anyway, before we sign off here, do you have anything that you want to get off your chest? Social media plugs, anything like that? Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, it's uh, the over and out page. You know, it's just over and out recordings. Um, there's there is a one that is inactive. It's uh, with the and sign that is not an active page. Uh, it's the one with uh, like the black logo, and you'll see it's there's pictures on it and stuff. Yeah, but uh, it. it'll be linked in the episode description, so anybody yeah. listening, just click that. You can get to their Instagram. Yeah, the Fight for Your Life page. Uh, that's that on there too. Sense. Awesome. I mean, yeah, I just, you know, I guess I want to put on a note, on the last note, just, you know, support your local scene, support your friends and what they do. Uh, you know, mad respect for all Michigan bands, you know, Ohio bands too. I love Ohio hardcore. Shot of Collide Records, Top Floor Tapes, D Block, Never in a Game, uh, Annie Up, uh, Enemy of God, Vigilante. You know, going forever. Uh, every band that Joe Plonky's in, uh, he's uh, in a new band called uh, Die Hard with uh, Kenny Smith uh, from Retribution, uh, Nick Hubbard, and uh, uh, Jake um, plays in Big Deal as well, a bunch of other bands. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm putting myself on the spot now. I'm forgetting people. But anyways, just support your local scene. As soon as you get your off, friends. you'll be like, shit, I forgot that guy. Yeah. It happens Detroit hardcore for fucking ever. Yeah, Detroit hardcore for fucking ever. Uh, but yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I guess is all I really got to say. Awesome. I well, appreciate uh, you, man. We appreciate you jumping on the show. It was really cool getting to hear about the label and talk with you. I'm glad we finally got to make it happen. Yeah, no, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, so. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah, we had a good time. But, keep uh, putting out fucking 
kick-ass albums, man, because we appreciate yeah. those too. Like I said, I'm not gonna not gonna stop until I get more no's and yeses. So, <laughs> hell yeah, awesome. Appreciate you guys. Take it easy and go Lions. <laughs>